0: Often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Hey, sis, how are you? How are you feeling? How has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? I hope you're well. And I hope that wherever you are, the sun is shining, literally and figuratively, because you deserve it. Me, I've been doing well. I've been busy, but good. As I mentioned last week, I was chosen as a finalist for the Clubhouse Creators First program. And this program is an accelerator. And that will allow Be well Sis to be turned into a clubhouse adaptation. Um, So it'll pretty much be the podcast, but interactive. Don't worry, the podcast itself is not going anywhere. Um, But in order for me to actually get acceptance into the program, I have to have a pilot episode. So the pilot episode will be this Thursday, May 20th at 8 p.m. And the episode's topic will be about the Black maternal health crisis and its impact on mental health. Listen, this conversation is for everyone. Whether you're a mother, a woman, a man, Black or brown or a non-person of color, I promise you this conversation is one that we all need to hear and we all need to have. So I'm inviting you to join the conversation on May 20th at 8 p.m. in Clubhouse. So the link will be down below in the episode notes. If you aren't Clubhouse yet, please send me a DM on Instagram. My hands on Instagram is bewellsys underscore podcast or shoot me an email to hello at the bwellsys.com and I'm happy to share one with you. Um, Another way is by downloading the app. So if your friends are already on the app, they'll see you and they will just let you in, okay? One other thing, if you thought this app was only for iOS users, surprise, it has also been rolled out for Android users too. So go ahead and download it. I have the link down below in the show notes. And there you go. You can join us on May 20th, which is Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Be Well Sis pilot. In full transparency, I really, really, really want to win. I'll be honest. I applied kind of just like seeing what would happen. And now that it's happening and I'm close. I really want to be part of this accelerator. Um, this will provide me with some mentorship with industry experts on how to like, run a show and make things better, as well as they'll provide some funding too. So yes, I'm asking for your help. I hate being vulnerable. It makes my skin itch. My skin literally is crawling as I tell you this. But yes, I'm really asking for your help because audience size um, does matter too. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to join us. May 20th in Clubhouse, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you click the link down below that's in the show notes, you will see the invite and you can put it on your calendar. Um, Yeah, and you can share that link with your friends. Tweet it, DM it, email it, text it. Please, the more the merrier. So thank you. (laughs) So because I've been so stressed planning this event, I made it a point to... spend some extra time doing my favorite self-care practice which is self skincare <laughs> so naturally on my radar this week are skincare related wellness products so the first one is my favorite clean skincare beauty um, skincare brand and it's called audacity and I've spoken about them before but I'm bringing them up again today for two reasons. A, they just launched a clean mineral sunscreen. I tried mine. They sent me one. They gifted me one and I tried it. And I love that it is mineral-based, With no cast, usually when I get mineral-based sunscreens, them things have me looking like Casper and just all types of ashy. This one does not. It's very moisturizing, but not greasy. So it like, the skin absorbs it so beautifully. I haven't tried it with makeup yet, but I will definitely do so in the coming days and report back. I'm super excited about it. The other thing that I want to talk to you guys about that is by Audacity is they're all embracing watermelon and hibiscus serum Mm. wow it feels like an instant spa day so i'll tell you more about it according to their website they say that the this serum is formulated for all complexions um and skin types so whether or not you have dehydrated skin skin with signs of aging blemish prone skin um Sensitive skin, it is for you and it's for head to toe dryness. Um, It is a light, penetrating formula that imparts a feeling of newfound suppleness and long lasting hydration to the skin. They aren't lying, plus, they say that it has. Watermelon seed oil that leaves the skin moisturized but not greasy, very true, and it has high concentrations of vitamins A, B, and E to reduce the appearance of the first signs of aging. The hibiscus flowers are packed with antioxidants and mild natural acids that promote a fresh, radiant complexion, as well as the addition of oatmeal makes the formula deliciously velvety and ultra soothing. Listen, this, when I was reading it before I tried it, I'm just like, eh, I mean, really, does it also does it really feel like this? Yes, it does, okay. I tried it. It feels great. it it just it feels hydrating. My skin feels supple, and the fragrance is just everything. Um, so I've been using it as my last step in my nighttime skincare routine. So after a light gua sha massage, um, either with the gua sha or I might use my fingertips, I feel so relaxed and just ready for a deep sleep. I'll be completely honest. It is not cheap, but at this point in my life, I pick and choose where I splurge and I decided that skincare is where I'm going to splurge a bit. The ingredients are high quality and you can tell that the creators were really intentional when they were making it. So I've linked it down below in the show notes. And because Audacity are friends to the show, if you use the code BWELSIS at checkout, you'll receive a beautiful discount. The next thing on my radar this week is a new beauty brand um, called Ami Collet. It is a clean beauty brand for women of color. They said they are inspired by Senegal and made in Harlem. So let me tell you, years ago when I first started being more conscious about what I put on my skin, I started researching clean cosmetics and as usual, there were very few options for women of color, especially for those with skin tones as rich and as deep as mine. So when I saw that Amikole was being worked up, it was being cooked up, because I've been following the founder for, I think, over a year now, and I've been seeing her behind the scenes process, I have been really, really excited and looking forward to this. So when she finally launched and her website went live, listen, wow, do yourself a favor and go visit the Amikole site. I'll link it down below in the show notes. The melanin is just so popping. And the storytelling that she does just through visuals is just so well done. And I was just staring for like a a hot second just at all that was happening. Really, really beautiful. So I went ahead and got myself a little something because why not? I got myself um, the kit that just has one of everything. I'm really, really excited to try it on and I will report back. But yes, those are um, the things that are on my radar for this week. However, if you have any suggestions for any wellness-related person, places, or things that should be on my radar, please send me an email to hello at thebewellsys.com with On My Radar as the subject line. As you know, I'm a firm believer in supplementing our diets with a quality multivitamin and mineral. At one point, I was literally taking a handful of supplements, but that got old real quick and I stopped taking them. However, for the last several months, I've been regularly taking Athletic Greens. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system. I love that it is lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens has you covered. Plus, it only contains one gram of sugar, without compromising on taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these times. They are offering the Be Well Sis, Tribe a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase if you visit my link today. So you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So to redeem this, visit athleticgreens.com slash Again, to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, visit athleticgreens.com/slash B Well Sis. So today's episode takes so many wonderful twists and turns as we discuss plant medicine, agriculture, purpose, and cannabis as self-care. Add the pleasure of speaking to Dijanay. Who is the founder of Green Goddess Glow? That is a platform where cannabis, fungi, and other plant medicines are reimagined as wellness tools for sustainable self care. She's also the co founder of Forever Garden, which is a community garden in South Los Angeles. Her commitment to cultivating a deeper understanding of cannabis and our relationship to it has been a catalyst for transformation and creating space to amplify the voices and experiences of women of color. Whether or not you partake in cannabis, this conversation is so rich with light and gems. Dijanae is incredibly passionate and intentional about her purpose here on earth, and I was so inspired by speaking to her. One of the main things that I took from this conversation is that in order to care for the world around us, we must first go within and care for ourselves. Listen, she's amazing, and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to speak to her. All of the links to find her are in the show notes below. And I know you'll be just as inspired by this conversation as I was. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. All right. So today I am speaking with Dijanae of Green Glow, Green Goddess Glow. And I'm so excited. I've been like stalking your page for a minute. And I went to your website and I was like learning some stuff like a month back. I was like, wow, this is you put a lot of work into just educating. And I'm excited to talk to you. So thank you for being here.
1: Yes. You know what? You are right. and I am excited as well Um, you know I'm always honored and I appreciate this platform to just you know be open and honest and candid about cannabis and also just speak to how I entered the industry and that was really the intention like you know I just felt like there wasn't enough information that I could trust and it wasn't coming from a trusted source and so I wanted to, to be uh, learning about these things and to bring other people apart and along for the journey as well.
0: So thank that's,
1: you. That's how it happens.
0: Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. You've done it and you've done it so well. Like when I was looking, it was science-backed information you know it wasn't it was some of your like own experience which is good too but it wasn't strictly your just you It's, it's like all right so this is what the research shows so I appreciate that and I appreciate seeing us in that field I you are the first woman black woman that I have seen who is speaking about this from the way that you do not only about your own personal experience, but just like with the actual science backing it. And I'm just appreciative.
1: Um, thank you. I, I, I receive it, okay? I'm getting better about receiving compliments, first and foremost. And then second, to your point, um, I was the first Black bartender in the dispensary that I worked at when I started out. And I did not have the luxury of telling people how it made me feel and having that be the criteria for which they base their buying decisions from, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not fair to them. People who were coming in had serious ailments. Some people were shopping for their, you know, elder parents or whatever it was. And I had to have some science, (laughs) a component or research or findings to be able to recommend products to patients Um, and at that time it was only medical and then we moved to adult use obviously but yeah so that's kind of kind of how I got into that routine of looking at the science looking at the research and you've been on the site sometimes I'll have like 28 page research papers yes but y'all should, y'all should look at it. It's yes. Right there. Yes.
0: And I'm so grateful for it. Cause this is what I was looking for. Like mm-hmm. the people who want to know, like, okay, let's talk about like the molecular stuff. Like let's go there. And you have it beautifully like laid out. And I was like, oh. cause there's so much fluff on the internet and I'm grateful to have found a place that is not fluff.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we're not about to do that. It's Mm-mm. too much, um, it's too much misinformation and we've had to deal with a lot of that misinformation and it's cost black and brown people their lives Mm -hmm. so we don't have the luxury of not being able to rely on uh evidence-based information science-backed information to make our claims um and it's what we've known all along right Mm -hmm. but Now we're moving into a collective consciousness around uh, this plant and all the medicinal properties. So it's very exciting. I'm glad to be a part of it and I'm glad to be here. Yes.
0: So how did you even get into that lane? Like, talk to me. What was your journey like?
1: (laughs) You know, I love when people ask this question always because I never actually had to get into the cannabis industry. I grew up... uh, in a household where it was not noticeable, but I first came into contact with cannabis based on the smell so Mm -hmm. I always thought like my dad had this really pungent aromatic (laughs) like kind of woodsy Uh smell to his cologne and I was like I like that I don't know what it is but I like that and when I got older (laughs) I got older and I started hanging around other people and I was like so yeah we're the same cologne Y'all were the same cologne or just something else. And then I found out much later on that it was actually cannabis, that my dad was, in fact, a distributor before that was a thing. Mm -hmm. And so it had always been around me and in my life in a way that I didn't really fully understand until I got older. But that was a part of the culture that I grew up in. Um, And especially being from Los Angeles, you know, cannabis is a part of the lifestyle here. And uh, I, I I really have to lean on that and say it was a privilege. I've never seen cannabis as a bad thing. I've always associated it with warm, fuzzy feelings. And then like later on, being a young teen, having my own experiences with it, and then much later entering the, the legalized mm-hmm. market mm-hmm. as an employee and yeah. now as a business owner.
0: Mm-hmm. So I have a question. So when you were a teen and you were like discovering it for yourself, right? Did your parents know? Because I feel that in what I've seen in our community, there's like a double standard. Boys can do some certain things and girls can't.
1: You know what I mean? Yep, I do. I know exactly what you mean. I so it's a very funny story. I got introduced to cannabis because I was the only one old enough to buy Swiss shoes. And so me and my my classmates in high school would ditch school and they would be like, oh, you know, you just come, you buy the Swishers, I'll buy like your lunch or something or whatever. (laughs) And at the time, I didn't use cannabis. I just went along because, of course, I wanted to be a part of the gang not the, an actual gang, but a part but of the crew. crew, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to hang out. I wanted to be out on the beach, okay? Mm-hmm. And so when I was in the back seat and people were hotboxing, you know, it didn't mean anything to me. I just wanted to be out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And um, it just so happened that I was the plug for buying the Swishers. So <laughs> that was kind of how it came into my atmosphere. But it wasn't until much later um, in my... A high school career and maybe even early college. I always say early college because that's when it really took form for me. And I was like just blowing blunts and doing my homework and watching the Olympics and like you know the Olympics, okay. (laughs) Huh? Watching the Olympics, okay. I was so impressed. Okay. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. And I have I was so impressed and I have to say that, you know, um, cannabis to me was something that was like encouraging. It was something that was like invigorating and energizing. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people associate it with the opposite. Um, And so at the time when I was like really heavy in a school and working and, you know, navigating young adulthood, You know, I there was again, I've always had the privilege of never seeing it as a deterrent. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom has smoked cannabis for more than 20 years Mm -hmm. So, and worked in the medical field. So by default, I'm like, if you smoke weed and you're in the medical field, I have to associate this with something good. Right. Uh, Even if it's like de-escalating stress or whatever it is, um, you know, once. We were all aware that Diogenes smoked cannabis. It wasn't really a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I already knew that.
0: You know? I love it. Um, so, how do you incorporate all again? Yes, <laughs> how do you incorporate it in your self care practice now?
1: That has certainly changed over the years. Um, when I first got into the cannabis industry, I was reviewing products um, and, you know, that comes with its peaks and its valleys. Surely I once bought a, uh, a like some balm um, and it was specifically um, marketed as a Uh, a butt butter that would also be intoxicating so I'm like wait you're going to eliminate my stretch marks and I'm going to feel a butt that's how you know you're at the wrong dispensary because they're lying first of all topicals don't get you high and second of all if there was something that would remove stretch marks and get you high that's we don't have it yet we don't have it and I thought Four years ago, we had it, and they was lying to me. So, so that was a valley, of course. So that was in the valley. Oh, um, God. And then, and then I tried a product. Um, Whoopi Goldberg's line, Whoopi Amaya, had this raw cacao. That changed everything. It was specifically marketed towards women with PMS. I'm like, it's owned by a Black woman. I love Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she is me. I am her. So, <laughs> honestly. So I was really excited. And so I started reviewing products and that was a form of self-care for me. It was like, and it continues to be right Mm -hmm. in a certain way, but it was like raw cacao butters for PMS. It was finding out about bath bombs. It was learning about um, actual perfumes and colognes that Mm -hmm. had cannabis in them it was going to the body shop and and finding out about their their hemp um their heavy duty hemp protector um mm-hmm. that was a lotion for your skin during the winter mm-hmm. so you know it's definitely involved I'd say primarily it is care self mm-hmm. care um I infuse my foods my teas um it'll be in topicals different um things like that but even more than that cannabis now um in the way that I use it for self-care is to create spaciousness right Mm. Uh, to, to to come into spaces with myself and sit with myself and my thoughts and like be able to decompress in ways that i'm not really able to do when my mind is running
0: yeah
1: um and it also just strengthens community for me like there's never a time where i'm like hey you wanna Mm -hmm. you know engage in a little Mm -hmm. and the the answer is no (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't it doesn't um add to what is already uh it, like what is already conspiring, right? It only amplifies what is already yeah. happening. So yeah. it's like I laugh more, I'm smiling more, it's warmer, it's I'm yeah. present. So it, it now it shows up in a lot of ways and I'm always trying to find ways to deepen into this practice. And I, I'm just eternally grateful for cannabis as a teacher mm-hmm. more than anything.
0: Yeah. Hmm. As you were talking, a couple of things went through my mind. A is I'm so jealous you're in Cali and Cali is way more progressive. I'm here in North Carolina. Beforehand, I was in Jersey. It is just not the same. So all things that you just listed, I'm just like, I want to try all those things. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I want that. And I just need to come to Cali and get my life because we don't have much over here.
1: (laughs) And you know, you brought up a really good point. And that was, um, and we'll get into this later, but that was exactly my thought. And I was like, where do we go to create spaces? And how do I do that? And that has taken different forms over my career that's looked like running a tour company. Mm -hmm. And now it looks like creating an actual content space, which I'm sitting in, that you can see behind me, but... The oh, floors yeah. just got put in. We just painted everything. The light yes. fixtures are new. This is just like a photography backdrop. I literally just got, and so for all of you who can't see it, <laughs> she's looking at pampas grass yes. and like, yeah, uh, photography backdrops. But I was like, you know, first of all, we need to be able to see this online. So there needs to be a lot more content created around this and stories that are shared um, shared experiences um, and then there needs to be an actual space where we can we can hold space for one another and and create these experiences for ourselves, yes. ourselves.
0: yes definitely
1: yeah. so
0: that actually brings me to the next point so if somebody is new um, mm-hmm. to this world to this space where would you suggest that they like their first introduction or what what's the first the best first step <laughs> um to start incorporating cannabis into their self-care routines
1: yeah absolutely it all always depends on what is the intention right and like for me it's like before the product before like the experience itself it's like what is the intention um why why are you doing it um what is it that you feel that you're lacking And how do you create more awareness around um, creating more of that for yourself um, with and without the product, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times it's people want to relax. I just feel like, you know, my mind is running at a million times a minute and I really want to just slow down. Okay, great. So you decide I'm going to use some cannabis. I might go with an indica dominant strain um, and- There's this really important step in cannabis consumption that we don't talk enough about, which is set and setting, right? And that is what is your inner environment, just to make it super simple for people listening, but totally Google it, super easy. (laughs) But set and setting, set is what is your inner environment like? What are your thoughts like? What's your attitude? What's your intention? What's your uh, perspective about the thing? It's everything you're bringing to the experiences, your preconceived notions, your judgment, the propaganda that you've digested, that we've all digested. What is your set? What is your your internal set? And then setting is what is the environment outside of yourself externally that is also a part of this experience. Are you at a party? Are you hotboxing in a car? Are you somewhere where, you know, you're gonna get increased anxiety if somebody walks by and sees you? Um, are you in the presence of others? Are you in the presence of yourself? And um, is it quiet? Is it loud? Is, do you have uh, water around if you get, you know, if your mouth gets dry? Like, mm-hmm. what is the setting outside of you that is conducive to the type of um, experience that you want to have, right? Mm-hmm. So I think those things are the most important, even more important than the actual product, because that is going to influence you in ways that you probably aren't considering. Yeah. So that's always first. And then the second thing is if you are using it because you wanna really relax and have a monkey mind, you're probably gonna try it into in dominant strain. What are you gonna do after? What are you gonna do when you start feeling the effects? Are you gonna sit and meditate? Because that would be probably the best thing to do if your intention is to, to decompress, to slow down and to quiet the mind. And then if your, your idea is well, I just wanna relax. I had a long week, my muscles, my shoulders are up at my earlobes. Then I would say to you, you know, get a bath bomb, run a hot bath, add other essential oils, then add in the cannabis bath bomb. Now you can really get those anywhere. You can get them anywhere CBD, Delta Eight, it doesn't have to be THC, but you can get them. Um, I'm not going to say where, because I might want to, you know, come out with a green goddess globe on. Hello. <laughs> so, Are we ready? <laughs> so I ain't going to give the competition. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. But, it, you know, it really comes back to, well, first you have to devi- define self-care for yourself, because that looks like different for everyone. So I never want to give people what I would do. But I'm always saying, start with the intention And help and allow cannabis to be the guide, Mm -hmm. right? You go to a yoga class, there's usually a yoga teacher and the teacher's like, this is what we're going to focus on and I'm going to guide you through. And at the end of this class, you'll feel all of this will be revealed Mm -hmm. and then you're going to end up in, you know, this, Mm -hmm. this, whatever it is, it's asana. Right, right, right. And so that's the same way you have to approach cannabis, right? You have to come with your yoga mat, with a fresh perspective, with the right uh, attire on, with the right mindset. And that is the same way you need to approach cannabis because it's here to teach you something and you have to create the space for it to do that thing, which is why I feel like self-care is
0: the best vehicle for using cannabis yeah yes you have to be really intentional Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah and it sounds as you were describing in the beginning it sounds spiritual too you know like you really have to spend time and sit with yourself ask yourself like what's going on here and is my outside environment conducive to what's about to happen yeah
1: yeah in the inside environment too and I don't want to get on here and sound like super woo woo you know because that wasn't always the case like listen I used to you know I used to sit out here putting all kind of stuff in my blunts I used to out, and I, every time I say that I'm like you should not say that because it sounds crazy um whatever it was that one time <laughs> it was when cough syrup was a thing anyways and you know I've had my depressive moments with cannabis where it was like all I wanted to do and this was in college actually because I was on the east coast and seasonal depression is real but it's not Very. even seasonal depression which is what I've learned it's us humans being in cycles and we just don't know how to manage them anyways mm, that's another that's
0: real mm-hmm
1: but I was experiencing then what I thought was seasonal depression, um, just dealing with like senioritis, thinking yeah. about what the next steps are going to be, and I was in a very depressive state. And all I did was smoke cannabis, go to class, and not even well put together, and go back home and smoke more cannabis. Mm-hmm. And so, and it had just gotten legalized in DC, so it was it's very interesting to see that come online and to start having those like criminal justice reform conversations. Mm-hmm. And it was still overwhelming for me. And so I've had moments where cannabis was not, um, or I wasn't in the space to receive the information that was available to me mm-hmm. and it, was, it wasn't it was a great experience. But yeah. thank God it was cannabis and that alcohol or coke or yeah. Yeah. You know, pharmaceuticals. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's real. Yeah, so I don't want to say it like you know, it'll be like that starting out, but you definitely can do the work. Yes, and and come into a deeper relationship with not only the plant but yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. I, I feel like um, that's the the goal of self care, and not only just of self care, but that's just the goal of life—to really figure out who we are not who they say we should be right and like really sit with ourselves and figure out what do we want from this life how can we contribute to this life this earth you know um Mm -hmm. and it takes time to and it's in cycles like you said too and those cycles sometimes are really uncomfortable because once you said senior year I had like a flashback I had a moment like oh god I remember my senior year (laughs) Whoa. Um, Just not knowing, like knowing that I'm sick of school, I'm ready to graduate, but damn, now I got to get a job. What does that mean? Do I actually like this field? This is too much. This is too much. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And that is exactly it. And you, I had a plan A, B, and C, okay? I'm a capricorn, so you know we got the plans on deck. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of Virgo in my chart. (laughs) So <laughs> oh, there
0: we go. <laughs> my best friends of Virgo and she's she has her life plan, my life plan, our life plan. Like I'm like, girl. <laughs>
1: so I had all these goals and like my plan A didn't work out, then my plan B didn't work out, then my plan C didn't work out. And I was, I was in a funk. And I feel like a lot of uh graduates are disillusioned by this, you know, dream of going to college, getting a job right out of college and everything falling into place and you find in your career certainly didn't happen for me like that and thank god it, it happened the way it did because it led me right right to where i needed to be but um that doesn't discount that a majority of us go through this and for me it was a very weird um time and cannabis was my relationship with cannabis is weird. So, <laughs> so it's definitely been a growing, evolving thing for sure. Yes. So I want to
0: talk a little bit more about Green Goddess Glow. So I'm looking at your Instagram bio right now, and I love how it reads. It says, reimagining a world where cannabis, fungi, and plant medicines are essential wellness tools for sustainable self-care. Let's talk about it. What what do you have coming <laughs> down the pipeline?
1: Yes, I mean, I love that you started there and stopped there because um, our Instagram has been has been um, has been exciting. It's constantly growing. There's so many conversations happening there. There's so many questions I get in my inbox all the time about what people want and, and questions they have and what they need more information on. And so I'm really excited because we're in the midst of a rebranding and a relaunching so uh, I'm really excited to create a lot more content Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to bring in more stories outside of my own Mm -hmm. and also to be launching as you know an Mm -hmm. affirmational apparel line which is obviously wearable um, affirmations for uh, those of us who use cannabis and see it as self-care I love it you want to spread the word
0: yes I love it I love it um I'm excited for you. Um, I love the space that you've created and that you're that's still growing. And it's just so necessary to for me, when I'm looking for resources, I like to see people who look like me, um, who are sharing their narratives, their experiences, as well who are growing and thriving. Um, one thing that has been a little disheartening for me is just seeing how, the cannabis industry is growing, and now that it's becoming more um, more mainstream,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I just don't see a lot of us um, in that space. And I and I am frustrated because you know, being a child of like growing up in the '90s and stuff, I know a lot of people who have gone to jail and spent time and have records that may be ruined because of. Petty marijuana-related things, right? Um, so what are your thoughts on how now it's legalized as mainstream, but like we're just not there. I feel like we're excluded from those conversations a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, or pigeonholed, right? And so what I've noticed since being in the industry um, is that there is not, there's a, a barrier of entry, right? For people of color to get in the industry. And there also isn't a clear defined pathway for those that come from the legacy or the traditional market. And y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to call it the black market. Right, right. Uh, from the <laughs> The traditional, okay, yes. the legacy market. Hello. There's no pathway for them to enter the legalized market or the regulated market, right? And the reason I say regulated is because you gotta have lawyers. You have to have lawyers. You have to have compliance officers. You have to have insurance out the woo You gotta have at least 2,500 yeah yeah is that right yeah at least a quarter of a million dollars to -hmm. do anything um because it's going to take you a good amount of testing you have to have a distributor so it it really is a lot of hurdles that you have Mm -hmm. to jump through and I have to say this because I've I'm from Los Angeles. I live here. I've been through the social equity program, okay? Mm-hmm. I've almost signed my soul over and I did not. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't even get that close because I had seen the operating agreement and I was like, oh, y'all really trying it with all these forfeiture clauses and it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't have that luxury. So there's a there's there's definitely levels, right? There's levels for for those who come from, disenfranchised and uh, disproportionately harmed communities like myself. And then there are people that are entering the industry um, at another level, but still understand that there are so many politics involved, so much policy involved. And, um, you know, I think about Whoopi Goldberg, who I referenced earlier in the podcast, her business is no longer around. Oh, And it's Whoopi Goldberg of all people. And so so you really have to consider how hard it is to get into this industry and stay in this industry. And if you're getting in from the bottom and you're a butt tender, turnover is so high, you Mm -hmm. only make like $11 an hour. So you really have to get creative and your investment in it has to be uh, more than the monetary value. Of what you're being, what's being placed on you as a black body, and you're more than that, right? Mm-hmm. What you have to contribute to this conversation, what you have to contribute to this industry, is more than your monetary value, and so it's been very interesting um, navigating this space. And obviously, you know, they like they like to. Uh, the media for sure, and be like, yeah. This black person is doing this in cannabis, this black person is doing that, this black woman is doing this. And then you look at the percentages and they're dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. Yeah. Our ownership is dwindling. So, as much as representation is important, more than that is equity. Yeah, so it's gonna really come down to these cities and these states giving out grants and allowing people to actually create businesses because that is how we drive generational wealth. I want to see black people in hemp because mm-hmm. the industrial side of this um, industry is probably going to be even more lucrative than uh, the than the consumer uh good products. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're all fighting for dispensaries and delivery licenses and the real bag is in the really? <laughs> in the industrial mm-hmm. and in like, you know, being able to test and, you know, it, and it depends on where you are, right? Um, and I'm only speaking from my experience, what do I know? But that has been <laughs> my experience and that's what I've gathered. I want to see more of us in it and I want to see more of us represented, but also on, platform, on our platforms, not mm-hmm. selling other people's products. And that's yeah. when I really got away from reviewing products. I was like, no, I want to tell stories. I want people to see themselves using things and I want it to be organic. I want it to be authentic to me. And yeah, so that's, we just, love that. we out here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, as, as, you were, as you were talking, I was thinking like for a second, my mind got stuck on Whoopi. If Whoopi can't, then, oh my gosh. Um.
1: <laughs> no, no that's whooping over she got plenty of other things to do I'm sure um let's
0: just hope that she just didn't want to anymore and not because there were barriers placed you know what I mean because
1: exactly and mm. I mean that's really the thing like Whoopi did her due diligence got Mm -hmm. like the best of the best had beautiful marketing amazing products Mm -hmm. but honestly I know I don't know her personally Mm -hmm. so you know Mm -hmm. um I mean, Whoopi, if you ever hear this, I would love for you to be on my board of directors. Okay?
0: Yeah, would, let's put it out there. Let's put it out there. See, yes, would we'll
1: love be. to just have tea. I make <laughs> great tea, and so <laughs> like, just to so, you know have a casual conversation, sis. Yes, um, and so, we're putting it out there.
0: Yes. I Can I, I tell you, Whoopi spoke at my college graduation. And um, it got quiet for a second, and I was feeling good. I was like, I love you, Wumpy," And she said, I love you back. And I felt that she really, she saw me, you know what I mean? And she saw my spirit, and she truly (gasps) loved me back.
1: (laughs) You know how affirming this moment is for me? (laughs) That you spoke to her directly.
0: Directly. It was very intimate. It was just me and her and about 10,000 other people. Very, very intimate. She, yeah, so. She
1: yelled back. She yells back. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's all I to hear. Now I know she's receptive. Yes,
0: yeah, she is. She is. Listen, you she's gonna be on your board of directors, period. Like it's done. So
1: oh, check that off the list. You're absolutely right. It is it's tough. This industry is tough, and you have to have tough skin, which is why I'm like, black people can do this. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. Period. Yep. Yep. Brown people too. Where y'all at? Indigenous people. Yes. Too. Yes,
0: yes. Band together, make things happen. Um,
1: yeah, so Green Goddess Glow is, you know, rebranding and um, going through a lot of internal changes. We're going to uh, expand the team, obviously. And um, we're launching our social impact initiative, which is Forever Garden, which is named after my grandmother. Oh, yes. Yeah. She um she's for a long time had diabetes and uh, bipolar disorder. And so for me, it's like thinking about health equity in black communities and wanting to create something. Um, in addition to the content studio, right, but create something where we can learn, we can share space, we can grow, we can expand, we can express ourselves freely, um, and obviously smoke freely without the fear of getting evicted because we live in public housing or housing that we're renting, Mm -hmm. and so we've been growing fruits and and vegetables back here for a couple years now, and, um, In the coming weeks or so, we'll be launching a campaign to raise money for that, which I'm really excited about. Yes. And yeah, I mean, between the Green Goddess Glow relaunch, the Affirmational Apparel line, the garden, and trying, not trying, but launching uh, actual consumer products this summer. Wow. I am busy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's an understatement.
1: Ooh. But it's 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 divine timing. It's what I love to be doing. It's what I prefer to do. And I'm really, really excited because I've just spent enough time. Mm-hmm. I spent enough time in the industry where I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. So it was really mm-hmm.
1: good to be here.
0: Oh, I love that for you. I, I love seeing people who have found their purpose, you know what I mean? Like, and who know, who are focused and know what they want and how to get it. I I just, I admire it.
1: I mean, focus is one way to put it. I am very, like, Driven, like I have a vision that I hold true in my mind, right? Um, But getting there is always so interesting, and you have to be adaptable because you think, you know, the journey is going to look one way, and then it's so disruptive Mm -hmm. uh, our minds trying to do what God does. And Mm -hmm. so (laughs) I literally just have to stay obedient and just, you know, optimistic, and like, wouldn't it be great if, and then allowing the thing to, to manifest, so, definitely been a journey, but I am so grateful, so uh,
0: grateful. That, what you just said there, just like, gave me like, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to hear that today, so thank you.
1: thank you for allowing me to share it
0: of course of course Um, so when I close up I always ask two questions the first one is if there was any book at all that you could recommend to the listeners what would it be and it could be about anything anything at all
1: (laughs) um that's not fair Anything. that's not fair and I'm gonna tell you why it's not tell fair. me it's not fair because I could hang out with somebody have a 20-minute conversation with them and be like I got a book recommendation for you I have so many book recommendations
0: okay can what I like,
1: can I do like top three
0: yeah let's do it yes Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Great. Awesome. Um, that makes me feel so much better. I'm like, is this right? So I would say number one is of water and the the spirit, and that's by uh, all I know is his last name right now is Maladoma. Okay. And, and uh, it's a beautiful story about uh, navigating the understanding of two worlds. And it's really about his path to divination. And it's really beautiful. It takes place in uh, Burkina Faso on the continent. And it's about how he starts his journey in this beautiful African understanding and way of being in life. And then is very quickly robbed and stolen from his family. And, um and forced to learn uh the european way of living and navigating the world and i think that it's something really important for african americans as well as any person that has been displaced Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the diaspora to read this to really understand um very viscerally Mm -hmm. um, what that disconnect can can um how that narrative can take form Mm -hmm. and a beautiful story I used to listen to a little African lullabies as I read it Mm -hmm. um and it like it brought me to tears the story is so beautiful Mm -hmm. um so I always recommend that especially to any person of color um the daily stoic has been something I've been reading over the years and it's just literally a daily meditation um and it's really good for um, gaining new perspective as you, on your day-to-day. Like mm-hmm. we think everything is so set in stone and the way that we are so set in stone and we always have to have and allow ourselves grace mm-hmm. and the opportunity to expand. Mm-hmm. And so I love the Daily Stoic. And then my last recommendation, because we are talking about cannabis and we are talking about the spirit of plants and um, just like the abundance that, you know nature uh and mother earth herself offers us braiding sweet grass uh has been revolutionary for me because it's really helped me to understand that you know plants and things that are other than human are not its (laughs) <laughs> they are embodied they are living they are breathing they are coexisting and we have a responsibility to them to at least acknowledge them mm-hmm. at least to bring them into our awareness at least to spend time breathing in and sharing space with the trees with the things that are sustaining us really without our consciousness yeah. um so yeah um or when we're unconscious of them so those are three books that i'm like and that's breeding sweet grass and i think her last name is kimmermer but i can never say it right but it's it's beautiful so those are my three book recommendations
0: thank you um the first two were already on my list. I'm going to add the third one on my list too. The first one, I heard it, when you said it, I'm like, that sounds familiar. Then when you were describing it, I was like, I read that description somewhere and it's on my list to, to read. So I'll add all those three in the show notes. Um, sidebar. So like last week or two weeks ago, I came across this TikTok where she was saying how, okay, my one of my favorite scents in the world is fresh cut grass. Mm. This person, I'm not sure what her job is, but she says that that smell is actually pheromones that are released from the grass. Like they're signaling to the other blades of grass that they're about to be cut, that they were cut. It's like a warning signal. I'm like, oh my God, like it just ruined my whole day. I'm just like, wow, well, no. that is terrible. Is- they're crying.
1: Like no, no, no. they're not crying. <sighs> they're not crying. And I want to give this to you so you don't feel that way. And I'm going to tell you a story because cannabis, I use it and I have to know these things, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time I ever built, uh, I ever grew a cannabis plant, they were like, yeah, so you want to see these little white peaks of like um, material coming out of the plant that lets mm-hmm. you know that it's a girl, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you see these little round teardrop things start to form mm-hmm. under the uh under like the pistol or whatever I think that's right I could be totally wrong and I don't want to do this wrong but anyway if you see a little round ball under the the actual branch, after one of the branches under the one of the branches it's a boy mm-hmm. you have to kill the boys and I'm like wait what they're like yeah you don't need them They're not gonna produce flower and they're gonna pollinate your girls. So you actually have to kill them. And I'm like, no, I don't wanna kill the plant. Like It's growing, can't we keep it? And they're like, no, you can't. And not only that, women, female flowers, not women, female flowers, female cannabis plants are the only ones that produce buds. Mm. And the, The reason they produce buds is to attract pollen to attract the male plant species to pollinate them. So anytime the buds are like big and like you see all these trichomes and you see these colors, it's because it's the woman trying to attract the pollen. Wow. And so it's actually really unfortunate because we deprive these, these women plants and we actually manipulate them to get bigger buds um, and really just to consume the woman's fruit oh. that she's bearing and so actually my I think my thesis project um, for my graduate study is going to be there's this book called um, The Politics of Meat and it's actually about how we dissect meat and mass produce meat the way we dissect and mass um, consume women's bodies Ooh. in media we always look at the breast, the yeah. legs, the thighs same in meat. We only uh, we only eat the breast, the legs, the thighs, mm-hmm. and then we manipulate women's bodies so that we only get from them what we need, which is their offspring, mm. and that is so that we can produce more, so that we can feed this this um, wow. this this machine that we've made. The overconsumption of and sexualization of women's bodies, and the same thing we do to animals, and what we're now about to do to cannabis
0: wow my goodness I know my goodness
1: (laughs) this is why that's 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 gonna be I think that's gonna be the thing that I'm like that's gonna be my platform I'm gonna be like y'all gotta stop treating the divine feminine like this Mm -hmm. and y'all been doing it and hear all the ways that you're doing it and mother earth is not gonna like that we've done it to our women we've done it to our animals y'all are about to do it to plant medicine and i was talking to someone recently and they were like yeah they're going to steal the the spirit of the plant it's not going to be the same mm-hmm. and i'm like and i don't want that for me that's why i'm learning how to grow it and i'm teaching other people
0: mhm mhm and and a little while back when you were talking about how you know Pretty much like you have to have a ton of capital. There's like a lot of barriers to getting into the industry. I was thinking, who has that capital? Who has the lawyers and all that? It's going to be big business. So Jeff Bezos going to come and be in the industry. And then what are we going to have really? Monsanto.
1: Look at Monsanto and cannabis. They're already, just like they did commodified soy and corn, they're already doing that with cannabis. They already bought land, they're already growing. Plants. They're already patenting like oh. cannabis uh, seeds. They're already patenting grow practices. They're already pa- there's so many patents for cannabis. Um, and actually, the United States had the first patent on like THC.
0: I am tired in- of this place. In the
1: like 70s, in like the 60s or something. So it's not new, right? Neither is pharmaceutical, cannabis pharmaceuticals. We've had Marinol since the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's not new. It's that the collective consciousness is shifting. And if people don't pay attention, then the old way of doing things will permeate. The new way of doing things and then we'll be once again consuming things that are dead. Yeah, We'll be consuming things that are engineered reverse engineered and then re-engineered for our consumption that are not even actually living things they're just materials hmm. so it's really interesting it gets really deep and now I found myself in a lot of agriculture conversations mm-hmm. so yeah whew.
0: Whew. when will we learn you know I, this doesn't work
1: it doesn't it's not work no yeah the part is it has to be sustainable and so you know yeah, even recently I heard or I read that the food for lesses and the uh which of the grocery stores here are closing because of they don't want to pay the additional like hazard pay for their employees so if the grocery stores are closing and black and brown people don't know how to grow their own food and we mm. already live in a food, a food apartheid How then are we sustaining ourselves? Yeah,
0: but I will say maybe it's because of where I go online, but I do see a lot of us returning to those practices. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think it's becoming, like you said, like the collective consciousness is like shifting a bit, you know, because we're starting to open up our eyes and see, yeah.
1: It's not working. Absolutely. The person who posted about that was actually someone who does pop up organic grocery um markets so I already know she's doing the work it's like but she needs more support in doing that work because it's like it's happening at a much more rapid pace
0: Um, Mm. so much so so much
1: I know so so much it's a lot yeah a lot to um wrap your head around and that's why I'm like I'm like, just start with taking care of yourself first. Yeah. Because the world will always be a place that that needs saving, right? Mm. It's always going to be that way. It's not like we've never been here before. It's not like humans haven't been around for, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, thousands of years. It's yeah. more so like, what is your personal journey? What are you doing to uh to elevate and to, to transcend all of the madness?
0: Yeah, yeah that's what it is and then my last question is
1: oh, black, another one. Yay.
0: <laughs> the last question is so what is something that has brought you joy in the last few days
1: um what has brought me joy what has truly brought me joy in the last few days is knowing that the people in my life are all serving a purpose that's far greater than what I could imagine. And I think about all the people that prayed for and prepared for me to do the things that I am about to do and want to do. Um, I mean, I've had an immense amount of joy just being in the company of of people that fully see me and like accept me and you know there's just no boundaries to what abundance can look and feel and smell and taste like and so I'm coming off of uh or wrapping up this 21 days of abundance which uh was put on by a dear friend of mine, Lauren, shout out to black girl and all, and, um, yes. and, uh, it's, it's really been transformative in a lot of ways. And so, you know, just, I'm um, I'm finding joy in like, in, in knowing that it's always abundantly available to me if I choose it and just really, you know, just being present with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just a couple things that really brought me joy being here with you. Thank you. Enjoy this occasion. So Thank I
0: appreciate you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis Podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and/or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.